You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, it's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, um, this this very day that we're speaking. So what is your f- memory? How many, how many people don't care about it? Seven or eight people who are listening. What, what is your favorite memory of Doctor Who? Mm, I've only known Doctor Who in the last few years. Right, so you'll have a memory, maybe the first time you watched it, maybe... I'd say watching it, not necessarily just the first episode, but I do remember it very, very clearly. But then... Not the first discovering episode. The first episode for me. Yes. I'm so I'm saying, the first episode I've ever watched, I remember very clearly. However, discovering more about Doctor Who. I think I caught up. We got all the different episodes for me to watch. Like, I looked on Netflix over the years and was able to look at old ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? And then as we get the new, you know, I just, I think of it as one big lump memory. That I'm exploring the entire universe through this sci-fi thing, and I love it. It's completely engulfing to me. Like, I, I know the flaws, but I don't give a shit. So, to me, it's a 100% escape The, f- the flaws fun. are actually part of what makes it fun for me. That it's not... It doesn't take itself too seri- seriously ever. Like, it's... I mean, yes, it's got some serious episodes and stuff. But generally, it's a fun kind mm-hmm. of sci-fi thing. It's played for laughs a lot. It's... Um, Light but heavy at the same time. So I like that. Uh, my first memory. Of- Let me put it this way. I would watch my least favorite Doctor Who episode 500 times in a row before I would ever watch the movie we watched Oh, you just again. spoiled the movie um, <laughs> review. Um, no, I didn't. So I would no, I'm t- saying that's how much I love Doctor Who. My first um, rem- memory of Doctor Who, and I've watched it since I was like, Eight years old, maybe. That's the first time I... Maybe younger, but I didn't understand what it was. But um, it was that episode, and I still need to look up what this episode is exactly. I watched it. But it was this weird monster, and it was pink. <laughs> and it, uh, it was made out of jelly. And it had eyeballs inlaid into the jelly. like So it was like... And it looked shitty. It was like... It was a man in a suit, basically. You, but, you didn't think it then. No, because I was really young, right? So... I remember, and I was really loved Doctor Who, and I sat, you know, I'd been fine watching Doctor Who episodes, and then this one weekend, I sat down on the couch with my dad to watch it, and uh, it was Doctor Who, and it came on, and this pink eye jelly monster came on, and I literally shot behind the couch, <laughs> I can remember vividly, and I was sobbing, crying behind the couch, <laughs> because it shit me up so bad, I was like... I couldn't go up the stairs, don't turn the light off. Like, it, it haunted me. Oh. And it's nothing. If you go and look at it, whatever it was. Yeah, it's... but you're little. Right, so that's my memory of Doctor Who. But then every week, like, I still wanted to see Doctor Who and we'd sit down and I'm, I'm assuming my dad was like, oh no, this is a nightmare. What's it going to be this week? But um, it was never as bad as that and I got used to it and then I used to love it. I used to sit and watch it every week and... Now we've watched the whole, you know, we've watched this whole new. As soon as I knew this um, reimagining of Doctor Who was coming about, 
It's not really reimagining. It just I started said to you, again. Um, it just started again. I said to you at that time, oh, Doctor Who's coming back. And you were like, I don't know what Doctor Who is. And I'm like, oh, it's this thing from when I was a kid. <laughs> I hope they don't ruin it. Like, See, that that's was- why I think technically it shouldn't be considered the longest running TV show of all time. Because it had like huge gap in the middle. So I don't think that counts. I, think I have a problem with 10 years, f- right? Right. Well, that's not the longest running TV show. That means it's 40 years old then. I just think that is a flaw in their little system that they can claim to be around for 50 years when in fact... Not that they've been around 50 years, that it was created 50 years ago and... Yeah, and they claim they're the longest, second longest running television show of all time and it's not correct. Well, no, it is correct. It isn't correct because it stopped in the middle. Other shows that are It's about the amount of episodes too and the amount of episodes is the highest amount of... Longest running equals longest running. That doesn't mean... And then there are shows like Guiding Light we had. It was on for 72 years. Every day for five days a week. Every day. Well, we never stopped. We have EastEnders and Coronation Street. Right, those haven't been around for 50 years. Coronation Street's been on for 38 years now. Right, that counts. But if they took a 12 year break in the middle, you would say, yeah, but they took 12 years off in the middle. So that's my problem with this whole longest running TV show. It's hype. I get it. But it doesn't, it's incredible. But it is. It make it gives the impression. They're not claiming that. They're claiming that today. That's everything you read. Longest running TV show. Well, everything I read today was today. Is Max uh, fifty years ago? Audiences sat down in front of the BBC in black and white, you know, and the first episode of Doctor Who was aired. And today marks fifty years from that day. Um, that is accurate. Yeah, and there's a special episode on today. If you if you're a Doctor Who fan, you already know it's on all around the world. Not today, because when you're listening to this, it's Saturday, not today anymore. Saturday, November the twenty third. It's on. And it's on all around the world on the same day. It's actually in theatres all around the world, even in America today, in 3D in the theatres, but only for today. So if you need to see it in 3D, you can go in the cinema and see it. Um, I think it's going to be a cool episode because they've put everything into this thing for this year because it's a big big year for them. Um, so, let's less of Doctor Who talk. Let's move on to the movie. Saturday, November the 23rd, 2013. This is after the show number 302. The movie we're looking at this week is Getaway. And it's a 2013 movie. Will be released this Tuesday, the 26th of November. It's a PG-13. And it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And Sid Talk, give us the tagline for Getaway. <laughs> I'll give you the... T- I'll, not the tagline. I'll give you the synopsis for this movie. Thank you. Um... And I'll just, I'll also, it's a synopsis and a uh, little preface. Oh, no, no, no. You've got, you've got. All right, it's just the synopsis. So it is a car chase movie. First tagline. There wasn't a tagline. Oh, awesome. So it's a, it's a car chase movie with cars chasing and crashing. And Ethan Hawke and uh, Selena Selena Gomez. Gomez. And that's all you really need to know because there is, there isn't anything beyond that. So. Let's move into the movie. And I just want to preface this with, I like car chase movies. You find them very boring. Um, I want to say what I think about Getaway. Um, It's a car chase movie, very clearly. Established. It's established by the cover. You've established it clearly. And uh, it is completely bananas, the plot. Like, it's it's a, a gimmick movie, I would call it. Like Speed or... Something where there's a gimmick. Like, it all takes place inside the car, pretty much, this movie. So, from the get-go, Ethan Hawke's in a car. There's a situation given to him. 
And then he's in the car for the next 90 minutes, going fast, slow, talking, whatever. But he's, he's pretty much in the car all the time. Um, now, the plot is really, really thin and almost non-existent. And, you know, it reminded me a bit of like a Luc Besson film, uh, but not as good, like... Because it's very. How could you even compare? Because it's very. Um, it doesn't feel American, even if if it's. It takes place in Bulgaria, um, so it's got this. It's not what you're used to. It's not driving down these, um, you know, American roads. So it looks different, um, like something like. Ro- you're really comparing it to Luc Besson movies? Because I think. Well, Luc Besson movies, most people think are just junk, right? So they. they really. Yeah, he's kind of um, fast food movies. Like it's. Leon like, is junk. Not to me, but a lot of people think Luke Besson films are real fast food, cater to the lowest common denominator, very... Taxi, I can agree. Action. With. Yeah, or like the transporter, things like that, you know? Um, the transporter's got so much more to offer than this. It has, but it but it's pretty light in terms of a plot. Like, it's, it's like, here's the setup and here's some action, right? But it's interesting. Yeah, now this is what this is. Here's a setup, and the setup's very minimal. And a problem I have with Getaway is... Uh, he's in the car straight from the beginning, like I say, and he's told at the beginning, uh, we've kidnapped your wife and you've got to get in this car and do what we say, otherwise she'll die, right? And there's this very brief flashback sequence of his wife being kidnapped, but no setup as in, like, for me, I don't know if this is for you as well, for me to care about the wife. because zero. Zero. Because I don't ever see them together, ever, like, there's no, I mean, there's no, even just a, a short interlude at the beginning where... You're it, just supposed to care. Yeah, but I, did, I didn't. So I'm disconnected right. a little bit because it's like, okay, yeah, a lady's been kidnapped. That's horrible. And you see it violent. It happens violently. Sort um, of violent. Yeah, but still, enough <laughs> yeah. to go, that's not very pleasant. And I understand this guy's motivation. But I needed more of them together to get their life and stuff. And it, it, you don't get that. So go straight into this action... Now, I like car chasing. Car chasing. I really do. Um, but presented in this way, and let me just explain how it's presented. It's presented... It's There's a bunch of cameras on the car, okay? So, like this social media type generation, YouTube and stuff. So, there's all these handheld uh, GoPro cameras, they call them. They're all over the car. So, the person who's in charge of telling him what to do can see him at all times and see every single, like... You know, 360 degrees around the car. So we, as viewers, are treated to treated or not treated to all these camera angles all the time. Different, different kind of camera looks, and it makes it choppy. Let me say. So I didn't enjoy that very much. And let me say, the the car's awesome. It's a Shelby Super Snake. I really love that car. It's an awesome car, and it sounds amazing. The surround sound is good in this movie. You can really hear the car, but. Um, I got car chase fatigue from this movie. And I like watching cars crash. And let me say, um, I would say cheap police cars in this movie, lots of them get trashed. I mean, how many? Like, how many police cars get trashed in this movie? I was like, I need to do a count. I'm sorry, you're presuming that I was paying that close attention. I mean, I need to. I was thinking I need to do a count on these cars because wow, he's he's like and it, somebody will. And because it's like a PG-13, they try and make like yeah. nobody gets hurt, like the A-team. Like, oh no, they're all right. Everybody's all right. Like I'm smashing through 
Like, oh, uh, is he dead? I hope so. I, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's very sanitary. Like it, there's car crashes, but people kind of walk away from them. Um, well, we don't see them walking away. No, but it feels Never. that way to me. It feels like an episode of the A Team. Like, oh, that 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 thing went over a cliff, but they're all right. Like it's so. I kind of got car crash fatigue. Like, there were some really good stunts, but there were so many of them, I didn't give a crap about them, like, 20 minutes in. Like, at the opening sequence, the very first car chase, which is, like, two or three minutes before the credits roll, I was like, wow, this is a pretty impressive car chase. But then it's it evolved into more car chases. Um, you don't like car chases, so... So let me just say your sentence. You just said that first few minutes bored the shit out of me and then I was bored the rest of the time entirely by every single thing the dialogue the people the car chases the city the plot every single thing that happened I was like oh my god yeah I I personally I personally I I can see positives because you know I try to take at least something from what's a positive my positives were I love the car right the Shelby Super Snake. I like listening to that car. I like seeing it drive fast. And I do like car chases. So, but too, not too many in a row. Like, because this is a 90-minute car chase. They stop only a handful of times to say some stuff. And the dialogue's banal and um, it's very... Uh, uh, okay, here's how I put it. Selena Gomez is um, Miss Telegraph. Like, I've got yes. to tell you the plot, so I'm going to yes. speak now. Like, Here's how I look at it. Now... Give you a parallel example. Our nephew brought home a painting that he did at school. It is a painting of a Salvador Dali painting. I do art. I know art. I've studied art history. I understand. Technically, when you look at a 17-year-old's paintings, of course, it's not... It's completely flawed all over the place. Every single inch has a flaw, technical flaw. But when I look at it and see how amazing it is that he took this painting over here... And then reproduced it with a lot of the right elements, enthusiastically. And as a whole, it's like, awesome. That's awesome. So, if someone had said to me, did you know that a 16 and a 17 year old wrote and directed this movie? I'd be like, that is awesome. They did an awesome job. That from their point of view in life, that's an interesting story. She's an interesting character. Um, Of course, a man is going to want to save his wife. And all the car chases and all the technical stuff that they worked out. They did a great job, but it's not the case. And to me, it was like, I can't even describe to you how, I thought I turned that off, how like, I can, here are the good things. It looks pretty good. I was going to say, technically, they did a great job. The, the stunts and the, it, yeah. it's good. Yeah, but like yeah. you said, you just, it's like, uh, it's just because it's another. too yeah. many of them. Yeah. yeah, and it'd be the same if it was uh, like a, a non-ending dialogue, deep-driven movie. I have the same reaction to that. Any movie that's extreme of one thing or another, you get a little bit like, okay, okay. Yeah, I need a break and I need I something need else. I need some balance, yeah. you know, and... Wait, let me just say a, a prime example. And you don't love Fast and the Furious movies, but they're not just a 90... Except Tokyo Drift. But they're not just a 90-minute car chase. As, as dry and droll as the story is in a, in a Fast and Furious movie... At least there's some character development and, and stuff aside from the car. Because generally in a Fast and the Furious movie, there's like three 
car chases maybe one at the beginning. I love how you're using that as like a as a good example of a car chase movie. <laughs> well, and well I'm, I'm like Ugh. I'm saying it's a good way of it. It gets split up enough. You you there's parts where they're not in cars. You know, it's yeah, interesting. It's a more like. A more gr- like a twenty-five-year-old film person decided to make a movie about car chases. It's still boring, it's still flat, completely uninteresting, and yet they've they've learned a little bit more in the technique department about how to tell a story, how to have a story, and then what's a grown-up like full-on to me, you know, born like the first born movie is a good grown-up. It's got good car chases, balanced with an interesting story. And I'm I'm there even when the car chase starts I'm totally there because I I'm into it so I feel I've like got that's a, like a really full... good example of a movie with really good car chases and it's very grown up and very interesting and it's Ronin yeah I don't remember Ronin so you always use that in example no it's 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 a, a very good film in its own right like it's a really good intrigue kind of espionage tale and they just happen heisty kind of thing in it too no not really don't they get together a group of people and no. Mm. But, I'm mixing something up. But the the actual um, car chase, and there's a long twenty minute car chase in the middle of Ronin, and it's it's a twenty minute non interrupted car chase. But because there's sixty minutes of other stuff, it doesn't feel fatigue. It's like a really fun, exciting sequence, and then you're back to the story. It's this doesn't do that. This stays in that sequence the entire time, like the entire time. Yeah, I know. I'm and there. I was there. <laughs> and the other parts. I felt like this movie was so long, and, and it was I, shot eighty-seven. Oh my god! And I'm not saying I'm not saying that it is definitively. It's not bad. It's not anything. I'm not. Me personally, it has zero interest to me. Like zero from the minute it came on the screen and it started. I was like, okay, 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 find something, find something, find something. And then she gets in the car and I'm like, no, God, that makes... I mean, I'm not... I like Selena Gomez. I'm saying her words, her dialogue, and then the obvious dynamic between them. I was like, oh, my God, it's like a 12-year-old wrote this and thought this would be cool. And it's not. And And that's all I can think in my brain. I'm not even focused on what's going on. It's just like, please don't talk, please don't talk, please don't... Talk, please don't talk, please don't talk, please don't drive, please don't drive anymore, please don't drive anymore. So imagine, I was just like, oh, when is it over? <laughs> I mean, and this movie's full of flaws. And one of the flaws to I me... I said, I want movie sins to do this, and it would be non-stop. One of the big flaws to me was, there's lots of policemen chasing this guy in cars with guns. Sometimes. And then they disappear. Yeah, sometimes. But they've got cars, guns, uh, bad guys, cars, guns. Nobody ever thinks to shoot his tires, ever. And it is said at the beginning, oh, the car's armoured, but there's no armoured tires. Shoot the tires enough, they'll come yeah, off. Yeah, and the camera looks at the tires. Yeah, it does. <laughs> from the bad guy's point of view. And then there's like this, and then there's holes all around. Yeah. But it's like... But when he shoots one bullet at the guy, and he's driving, and he shoots the gun right out of his hand, I understand all kinds of movies. The tires never come off the car, let me say. And bulletproof tires are not... I don't even think those exist. <laughs> if you shoot a tire enough, it will rip off its wheels and then you are just on metal and you won't be going very fast and eventually you'll be able to stop the car. There is no stop in this car because at the beginning, the baddie says, this car is armoured. Period. That's Period. <laughs> and, then it's, and then you actually see bullets hit this car in the windshield and it doesn't even leave holes. Not, it's that bulletproof. 
So Except like there's Kit. holes all over it. Yeah, it's like Kit from Knight Rider. Except there are bullet holes everywhere. So it's kind of a weird... There are, it is And weird. that's that's the... And I'm not saying that's nitpicky, because that's huge. But in terms of the whole of the movie, all those little quote-unquote things, it just kept, it kept poking at me and poking at me and poking at me and like... I don't know how to describe how much I did not like the experience of watching this movie. And I am not, I haven't had that experience in a while, <coughs> Ted, that where I was just in my mind thinking, if I get up and go upstairs and let him finish watching this movie by himself, <laughs> that is actually what's going through my mind. I would so much rather be upstairs. Maybe I'll go get my tablet. And I never do that. I like to get completely lost in a movie, whether I like it or not. I mean, I've watched movies that I don't particularly like, but I can go there. You know, I can get into it. This was like me watching an 87-minute commercial for a fast car, and I don't give a shit about cars. So imagine that. It'd be like you watching a 90-minute movie of me talking to my friends with a glass of wine in our hand. It'd but, be like your brain would be... But on the other hand, it's, it's well-made in terms of an action sequences... And I could see this playing very well on late night cable, like it just being on and on and on, and people get into it, like because it's just that cheesy film that's on at night that's just playing. Yeah, it's night. completely stupid. Like it's it's. I can see that kind of audience for it. I can see it being on cable late at night and people loving it. I don't know how it did in the in the theaters, and it was a theatrical release. This isn't straight to video. This was a theatrical release movie. And that's because you've got Selena Gomez and Ethan Hawke. Right. So let's move on to the cast here. Ethan Hawke. Um, two movies we've seen him in this year. The Purge and this. Um, I think he's making some bad choices. Um, he was the guy from Training Day, remember? Mm-hmm. A stunning... His performance was amazing in that movie. And Ah, oh, but is it? I, I really think it is. And I've re-watched that movie. And it's, it's a very compelling performance from both of those guys. And then... Do you think it's because he's faced with... Trying that, to stay in the... Well, the thing of... Like, different people you work with bring different things out in you, obviously. So, I'm not saying Denzel Washington's fantastic. You know my point of view on a lot of people. They hit a lot of things really well, and in other things... They're not like geniuses or anything. But I do like him. But up against him in a scene, or the vibe of him and the director might bring something out in a person different than, say... <gasps> We've got Ethan Hawke, and we, we worship you, Ethan Hawke, and anything you do is fine, Ethan Hawke. I feel like that's what's happening here with these two. That the director's a young guy, he's a director and a producer, they're all young, looks like early 30-something dudes, they're making this movie, they've got Ethan Hawke, they're not gonna tell him when he's doing shit that doesn't... I mean, I'm not... I can't... If you took snippets of him reacting and doing things, there's... It's convincing in that little, like a, like a, like a second of like reacting to something. Fine, very good. But when you then zoom out and watch a whole scene, it's just. Let me just put this to you. It's like a walkthrough. If almost. Nicolas Cage was in that driving seat, <laughs> it wouldn't. See, I have a bit of more high esteem for uh, Ethan Hawke for some reason, like uh, as an actor, because I've seen him do good acting. Tape is a good example, and so is uh, Training Day. And Mr. Nicholas Cage, as we he's know, done really good too. has been good, but then he's also not afraid to just do junky movies. And he knows it, and he just does them, and he always plays it 
and and for some reason you can accept him like I can. So if it was Nicolas Cage and Selena Gomez, I would have kind of it wouldn't have been a better movie, but I would have got what they were doing. Like with Ethan Hawke being in the driving seat and it being so shallow and empty, the movie itself, like nothing for him to do apart from stamp his foot down on the accelerator and look kind of tough. Is it like? Okay, some would argue that Drive doesn't have a lot more to it, really, story-wise. Yeah. But he, there's something about him mm. in that movie. I forget his name. Do not say anything about Drive. <laughs> no, I'm saying. In the derogatory. No, I love Drive. That's yeah, my point. Yeah. In, it's, in fact, it's an I, yeah, ideal parallel to this movie. Yeah, because there's not a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. He has some reactions, but it's almost all... Right here. And it's and not I'm all about like, driving, even though it's called drive. Right. And it's... I'm going to talk about performance of a dude who's in a tumultuous situation, who has to sort of keep his cool. But the difference is unbelievable. Like It's just that Ethan Hawke, we've seen these two movies this year, The Purge, it wasn't very good. This, it's not good at all. Here's what I'll tell you What's about What's he it. doing? The parallel to those two is, I wasn't convinced in The Purge that he gave a crap about his family, and I wasn't convinced in this one that he gave a crap about his wife. Maybe that's... I actually thought, about a third of the way in, I was like, hmm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, un- maybe I'm dumbing this movie down too much. Maybe, maybe, he doesn't care about his wife, and maybe that's why he feels kind of like cold and disconnected about it. He just kind of rubs his hair and... Oh, kind of grunts whenever he talks about getting his wife back. And I thought, oh, now that would be interesting. That maybe he doesn't love his wife after all. Because that's what he's acting like. But unfortunately, I will tell you now, that was not the case. But that would have been interesting. There's a, there's a twist in this movie, but it's rubbish. But I, I'm sorry, I, don't, I didn't get a twist. Yeah. It's not a twist. It was lazy. Lazy, lazy writing. But yeah, I... I Somebody's gonna love this movie. We're on cast here for, for Ethan Hawke. He plays Brent Magna. I didn't even know his name, because he... <laughs> no, he said know? his name in the beginning, yeah. He, he read the article about him. Right, well, if they said that in the beginning, I'd forgot about that by ten minutes in, so... And then later he read another article about him. He showed a screen of him He and did, his name. but I guess I didn't even... There you go. It's Everything's non... So yeah, he's called Brent Magna. Uh, Selena Gomez turns up, and her character name is... The kid. <laughs> so they couldn't even be asked giving them proper names. But anyway, Selena Gomez. Well, the drive is the driver. I mean, drive is the driver. Yeah, true. So don't be pissing on that. Um, she's hit, She's in here. You know, we saw she's her in Disney Girl. We saw her in Spring Breakers this year, which I actually liked her in Spring Breakers. Mm, yes. I don't like her in this. I don't. It could have been anybody. It doesn't really matter. Just well, spunky I think girl. that she does that well. And given what she's given to say and to do. Which is the lame part. It's all cliche like crap. She's a hacker. Is. She's a. F- it is. But when she does some of her things, some of her lines and stuff, I feel I she was my favorite. Could you get any more? My least could you get any more cliched than <laughs> a a really young, hot young hot girl, girl who um, is absolutely experienced in uh, cars? She, in fact, yeah. You know, she loves sports cars, knows everything about them, could take an engine apart and put it back together, and also a hacker genius who can do Oh, anything. and she's unbelievably wealthy. And yeah. for some reason, all these Americans live in Bulgaria. Yeah, I didn't get that either. <laughs> and a German. In, but... fact, in fact, at the beginning, I was like, where are we? I, I don't... <laughs> it was only because there was a shot at one point where they, it said Bank of Bulgaria, and I was like, oh, that's where we are. No, it said right at the beginning, at the bottom. I know, I know Sophia Bulgaria. But I was like... Um, Maybe I was like watching the car chase and I saw it and no. then I was like, 
I know we're I know we're in a you know. Well, but, but then we have backstories for why these Americans happen to end up yeah. here and crossing paths. And it's still a bit. And That's why I said, if a teenager wrote this, like, what would be an awesome idea? Like, this really rich girl, and she's cute, and she's a really good hacker, and then this guy is like a has-been, and um, he used to be a car, ra- car I mean, driver, just sounds... a racer driver, and now they've taken his wife, and now blah, 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 blah. Now, that sounds... And if you boil any movie down, it's going to sound kind of lame, probably. But I can see that coming from a very young mind, and how that cool—that's cool. Very stunt, very unexperienced. Maybe it was wrote mind. by a twelve-year-old then. <laughs> yeah, well, a few adults handled it afterwards. They could have uh, finessed it a bit more. And um, in a fantastic, amazing turn, a fantastic uh, Oscar-worthy performance, John Voight <laughs> plays the voice. That's his name, the voice. You mean the mouth? Yeah, the mouth of John Voight. Um, I'm gonna sli- uh, what else do I dislike? Okay, hold on. What else do no, I dislike hold on, hold on, in hold life? On. John Voight is in this movie, right? He's the bad guy. Let's just say that, right? He's the bad guy. He's on the phone talking to Nathan. Uh, Nathan. Nathan <laughs> <laughs> Hawke the entire way through. It's quite clear it's John Voight. Doing- oh, I didn't know it was him. I did from. Did, I didn't know. Alright, okay, so from the first second where you saw his eye and his mouth, I I almost turned to you, but I didn't, and say, oh, there's Angelina Jolie's dad, because that's what I always think. Oh, I didn't know who he was until the end. Oh, so the end was nothing to me, because they reveal him? And yeah, but. I, and what? I was like, ah. Yeah, but who cares about revealing that John Voight is the guy? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> But still, even so, like, if that was supposed to be a surprise, that end scene, I was like, I just knew it was him all the way through. I knew who. Like, but you're, you just know it's John Voight. You don't know who he is. Right, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, they try, they tried ever so hard not to ever show you his face. Just his eye and his glasses and his... Just to keep you from knowing it's him? I don't even understand why they did that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and what else do I hate in life? I hate watching people eat, and I hate watching people get stuff fall out of their mouth. I hate listening to people gulp, and I don't like watching people drink and put things in their mouth. It's just one of my things so, I can't help it. So what do we see him do? We see him eating and drinking and gulping and ugh, and wiping saliva off his mouth. Up close, like the whole screen's full of his unshaven mouth. Those sorts of gross. He had really yellow teeth as well, I noticed. Because <laughs> they really got in his mouth sometimes. Like. It was like, right? That didn't bother me as much as like... But see, those are the things that bother me when I'm already like so numbed by it. And finally in the cast, I put down assorted European <laughs> generic henchmen. Because yeah. there's lots of those. So any... There's just tons of them. It's just like... But, oh, but it's, oh, it's that dude. It, I mean... They're not dudes you recognise, but they're so generic. It's like, oh, there's that. There's the dude with the slick back hair. There's the dude in the tracksuit. There's that dude. And, oh, they're all going to die because... Oh, I didn't see any tracksuit people. I just saw guys in trench coats There was and many people in... Tra- just people running out of the way of traffic or people on, the people on motorbikes. There was a couple of tracksuit dudes on the motorbikes. It's just so generic, like henchmen. No, you don't know any of them. None of them have names. They're just there. Well, to... How is what is the value of this movie to someone making this movie? What is what is the motivation? Oh, I understand who would love this movie. Who? Uh, people who love just straight up balls up action films with hardly any plot because they they've not got the they don't want that. They just want to see the car. They want to see the girls. They want to see them chasing. I I get it. It's partially the audience who would like Fast and the Furious. Okay, I'm going to say something that's very unlike me, but even Fast and the Furious is better. It is. 
But then I think of something like Lethal Weapon, where you don't even know what's his face as wife, but you're like torn up about it and you feel for him instantly. I don't know if it's him or his career. I don't, I'm not a huge Mel Gibson fan, but I'm just saying there's something about the way movies get written and put together that I get why they appeal. This I get, I, I'm totally out of the loop. Like, I don't get it at all. Let me just say, the um, in the extras, they uh, I'll talk about the extras in a minute, but there's Ethan Hawke talking about this movie. <laughs> really? For how long? Well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. But Ethan <laughs> Hawke's talking about this movie, and he really only has, like, three things to say about it. Because even he knows that it's... He'll say, yeah, there's lots of action, and the tarmac, and the asphalt, and the... Metal grinding on asphalt. Yeah, he's got very little to say because there's nothing to say. Like, but he's excited about it. He's excited because he has to sell the movie, right? He has to sit there and sell it. But what I'm saying is, he, he has very little to say because there's nothing. He can't sit there and talk about the, the how deep this character is because he's not, is he? There's just nothing. It's just a. It's a badge cable. It's something I would see on cable at three in the morning and go, oh yeah, some car chasing. Yeah, it's like. You could take one of the car chase scenes, set sequences, whatever, and then just copy and paste it five times in a row. And that's the movie. Yeah, and like I say, it's technically proficient. The car chasing is is very well done, in my opinion. There's some really good crashes. There was one particular crash where a man came off a motorcycle. (laughs) And I was convinced he really got hurt because he went underneath the motorcycle. And it wasn't a CG thing. Here's my... Okay, here's one good thing I remember now. There was one sequence. I'm sitting there bored out of my mind, like, oh my god, oh my god. And all of a sudden, the camera changes to a camera that is clearly right, right on the front of the vehicle. So you can't see this vehicle anymore. You can't see it at all. Yeah, it's like but the bumper the, cam in But you see speed. the vehicle in front. And you can hear the revving. And you can see the things going fast past. And then you get, you actually see... And it's actually chasing this car. And you can hear him going really, really fast. And you can see him like trying to peek out to either side. And they're going through traffic and red lights. And I was actually mesmerized Let me just in say, that about two that, minute that period. That was like an IMAX, um, like an IMAX uh, sequence where you'd be like, oh, 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 jumping out of the way. I wasn't like that. I just mean like it no, actually I'm, compelled I'm, I know me. you wasn't like that. I'm saying that's what it was filmed like. It, it went full screen, the bars go away, and it's this Did big, it? yeah, it's this big, like, it looks like a video game because the camera's right, or well, the camera's all over this car, but it's the camera from the bumper, bumper cam. So it looks like Need for Speed bumper cam. It's, it's extended. It reminded me of Doom. I was like, oh yeah, the end sequence of Doom where they go first person and do first person for like 60 seconds. This almost feels like I've, I've just... I have no reference to get video I've games. just been playing Need for Speed just before we watched this movie, funnily enough. And uh, that camera is a very classic video game car camera. That's what it looks right, like. Right, but that's not... From my point of view, that's not that at all. No, it was I'm just, I'm just saying what it is. Like, and I was thinking of driving a car that fast trying to follow another car... And the reality of it kind of came out to me in that, what I instead thought, of all the crashing and shit. What I thought was cool about that sequence is it lasts for 90 seconds, roughly, right? It doesn't cut away. It's just from that yeah, one, one camera. On. No actors talking, squealing, nothing. No crashing happening. It's just a POV view of a car going very fast. And when it comes to intersections, just missing other cars. Yeah. And, and it was exciting really, looking. It looked really well. Yeah. Now that, if it, was, it had been implemented it. throughout... As sort of a different thing, because I was like, oh, what's this? And then it was over, and I was like, oh. What was weird about it was, it wasn't stylistically in line with anything else. It, it's, okay. it sticks out, doesn't it? I was, I was yep. watching, I was like, wow, this is really cool. 
this is cool is it gonna oh this is this is and because it was extended i was like and then it the finale happened straight yeah, after this went scene. right back into it yep but while it was happening i too was like whoa and then i was like no i don't want it i don't want more of this because we would have been bored of it by now if they'd have done it 50 times in this movie but that's just enough of that so yeah, there's a good positive. It is or a fun that car. could have been the only car chase in the entire movie, and it could have lasted four or five minutes. Then it would have been, and the rest could have been John Voight eating on the telephone. No, no. Um, Maybe let's use the rest of the movie to make up a story. So this is directed by Courtney Solomon. Um, he has also directed an American Haunting, which I've never seen. It was from a few years back, and Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, which less said about that the better. It's a horrible movie. But, is it? Yeah, it's from. Early nineteen ninety nine, something like that. Is is no, it's horrible. I really into Dungeons and Dragons on the TV, the cartoon, and then I wanted to see that movie, and it's a bad movie. Yeah, the director. How do these people get movies made? I don't get it. I don't know. He directs action quite well. It's just this. I don't know if he does. They just put a shitload of cameras everywhere and then splice it all together. I, I feel like I that's... hadn't seen that before. That was definitely a you know a, a car wired with lots of cameras. Yeah, but you also didn't like it because you said it's cut, 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 cut. It's very annoying. Yeah, it is a little bit. And uh, the the annoying annoyance I had was how like all these different cameras in this car had a different look about them. Some like look shitty. Some look really awesome. Some you know, and it, it gives you this uh, like your head spinning because it's it's. It's just a lot of cameras. Like I it's, wish my head had spun around. You know what I'm saying, though. It's, yeah. There's one that looks like a webcam. There's one that looks like a, you know, expensive studio camera. It's all higgledy piggledy. There's one that's a cell phone camera. Yeah, and where does she keep getting all these cell phones after <laughs> we threw it out the window? She has magical cell phone powers, right? <laughs> yeah. She, she pulls the cell phone out and he goes, "Oh, give me that," and throws it out the window. And then a little bit later, she pulls a cell phone out and starts hacking on it. I was like, whoa, does she have like... And her a, tablet, she's figured out instantly. She has this bag full of uh, electronics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, convenient. No shit. And it's all left in the glove compartment after these guys have stolen her car True. and do- tooled it all up. True. Okay, they just left, left all that. It couldn't <laughs> yeah. So, um, DVD extras. And this is hilarious. <laughs> Because there are some extras on this disc. Let me just stop you. And before we... As the movie was ending... I was thinking to myself, please, 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 I don't want any extras. I want zero extras, in fact. I don't want to sit here and listen about this movie. I don't want to see how they did the stunts. I don't want any of it. But I'll stay here because he likes to watch the extras and we'll see what's going on. Then. There are about six. To my happy surprise. There are about six different extras. And I, I played them. We watched all of them. And none of them last longer than a minute. No. They're so brief. Like I was it's, like, Yes. It's like, here's an extra about Selena Gomez, and she says about three things. They show you some cars crash, and then it cuts to a black screen and says Warner Brothers 2013. It's like, really, really short. There's nothing of substantial anything. Um, Ethan Hawke's a really good driver. That's what she said. Asphalt. um, He said that twice. In fact, they only last a minute each, and as you said... Some of them repeat themselves. Yep, they copy and which, paste how? a little bit of... Like, did, did even though I only say a, one paragraph of stuff? Is that it? Like Paragraph? Shit. It's more like <laughs> a sentence. So, yeah, there are no extras, pretty much. There are extras, but you might as well not bother, because there's nothing. I bet you could find a better extra on YouTube about this movie. But they're perfect if you don't really like But, I mean, if movie. you love this movie, I bet you could find an interview with them two when they did the press junket for the movie that is better than that's on the Blu-ray. You, you could. 
That's not better. Well, at least where they say more than two lines. To me, the people who want extras for this movie are people who want to sit and watch them do all the car crashes. And that doesn't exist. No, there's nothing really. It's kind of pointless, the extras. So in conclusion, I cannot recommend Getaway, unfortunately. Um, and I bet you know someone who would like it. I probably know a few people who would like it, but... I know someone. I can't recommend it for me because, um, and I like car chases, I just, it's just too empty and hollow and generic. And I don't think it'll be surprised. Why the generic bad guys in this movie? That's how the movie feels. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, like, last week as I was watching The World's End and thinking to myself at times, oh my god, they're just so lame sometimes. Like, they just, why do they think that's funny? And yet in the next. In the next instant, I was laughing my head off because of something else, and I was kind of tugging back and forth, back and forth with like, oh, Edgar Wright, why do you have to be so basic sometimes? And then in the next ten minutes, I'm just like loving it, and then I'm like, ugh, and then like that dynamic, like stimulating thing. And then I watch something like this, and I'm like, oh, I would so much rather watch The World's End again and again and again, even though it's not. Unfortunately, it's just flat. It is. Uh, I would say... If but for us, it doesn't mean it's yeah, for everyone. If you're, if you're into car chases and very little plot, which is what this is, and you like to watch things crash and smash, and you like fast cars, you might like it. And, you know, it's pretty kid safe. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... Yeah, if you've got a 10, 12-year-old who likes to watch car crashes, and she, it actually is she might be interested in a girl who... I mean, there's a lot of guns. But nobody really hits nobody ever gets, The only blood you see in the entire movie is the footprint of blood in the beginning, and she has a little scrape on her yeah. head. and he does. He has and there was another hand. nitpicky thing that, you know, this thing he had on his cheek, it disappeared a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, I noticed that. I was trying really hard not to notice, and then it became a mission of mine to see how many times it was there. I think, I think that this movie's guilty of that, but I think a lot of movies have sure. continuity. It's but just the- you don't look at it. You don't look at it because If you're, you're struggling for something to enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> you're interested in other things about the movie. And so I can imagine someone watching To the Wonder and being so bored out of their mind that they do that. But yeah, me, I'm in love with the, you know, To the Wonder kind of movies. So... And so, um, thanks to Warner for the Blu-ray. They can't all be winners. We've seen some good <laughs> movies from Warner Brothers recently, but this one, unfortunately, is not the one. So if you want to enter a contest, go to um, aschoolie.com. We've got some movies to give away this week. Movies like this? Uh, better movies than this, actually. So next week's Blu-ray review will be Two Guns, which was going to be this week's review, but then I switched it around. Oh, great. Unfortunate. Great. So uh, Two Guns is Denzel Washington and Mr. Mark Wahlberg. We'll watch that next week. New movie game. It's not new anymore. I wish I could take that off the outline, but why it's, don't you? You say tra- every week. It's traditional. I like the look of it. So then don't get hung up about it. Uh, movie game. What is it? It's movie year. It's a game we play at this juncture in the podcast, and it's about years and movies, and it's a very delicate game, and it's <laughs> very brainiacy. Yeah. So uh, we, you can play along at home. You can try and guess. I'm going to give Sid Talk a name of a movie, and she's going to guess the year it was... I'm not going to guess. Okay. I'm going to use my brain and my time-traveling abilities in my mind. Okay, the movie... Do my movie-watching uh, history. Do you know yours? Yeah. For me? All right, you do yours first. You're going to know it instantly. All right. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I'm not going to know that instantly. Dun, dun, dun. It's the kind of movie 1992. that 1992. You know. It's like you think you know, but do you know? 1992. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Uh, you're so close. 1991. And right. it was Picture of the Year, by the way. And yours is The Transporter. 
with Mr. Jason Statham. Oh, I like that movie. I do like that movie. I don't care what anybody says. Throwing a woman as a weapon. I can't help it. I've just I could watch that scene over and over. My favorite part of that whole movie <laughs> is the POV kind of shot where he kicks the door in. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really that's good. good too. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say 2007. Oh, very wrong. <laughs> 2002. Oh, really? Yeah, and the, you know. Wow, that's over. That's a long time ago. True. Dang. So that's our movie. I uh, hope you got it right at home. So um, you get nothing for it. Movie recommendations. Mine. Ooh, couldn't have even uh, couldn't have even made this up. The Transporter, which I think is a car chase movie. It, it, it is a car chase movie at its heart. It's got but, a few. Uh, it's car chase slash fighting movie. There's more fighting. There's no fighting in get in Getaway. I don't like fight scenes, and I don't like you car would chases. You like to see a car fight. But I like Transporter, and I like Bourne movies, and they both have both of those things. So they must do something so in addition to the, the original basics. Transporter. I like Transporter two as well. Um, I didn't actually see three, but I like two as well. But two's way more Hollywoody mm-hmm. than the first one. The one with the kid. Yeah, or is that three? And, and that supermodel with the guns. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it was cool looking, and but it was more like a spectacle type thing, whereas Transporter 1's a bit smaller. Uh, and my other one is, if you want to see a good car chase movie, this is from the 1970s, mind. It's Vanishing Point. It's a fantastic car chase movie. It takes place inside a car the entire movie, like oh my, the... Oh my God. Like Getaway. <laughs> but because it's from the 1970s, and it has, it has that very 70s slow vibe about it. It doesn't have to be... Like no one's driving the car? No, there's a guy in the car driving the car. The police are after him. That's the entire movie. Um, there's some twists and turns, which are telegraphed to you. Remember? It's the 70s. There's no mm-hmm. computers and shit. It's just really well-told car chase movie. The entire movie's a car chase, but you don't need to be ADD like, oh, <laughs> like this movie. It's battering you around the side of the head all the time. It's not like that. It's a slow burn. I'm in a car, driving on my own. There's no communication with anybody. It's the 70s. It's an awesome movie. You should... You. I don't know if you would... I think you might like it, because it's actually... If you like 1970s movies, the vibe of them. Not all of them, but yeah. But you know that... Yeah. It's got that to it. That very slow, I would say, but still action. Not really slow. I think of it as, like, methodical. Yeah, like... Like, people don't... I love The Exorcist. Some people say, eh, it just it's t- it takes too long to get to... That's what's good about it. Exactly, because yeah. you just... You don't see it coming. Oh, The Shining. Yeah. The way, it, the way it kind of unfolds. Movies nowadays, they don't seem to have the luxury of all that running time to do it. They just don't do it. They go quick. Like Getaway, even though you think Getaway is about three hours long to you. <laughs> yes. So yeah, The Transporter and Vanishing Point. So your movie recommendations to people this week are? Uh, they had to be something completely not in line with this movie. And so I did choose Silence of the Lambs because I think, I don't know, there's, it's, well, it was Best Picture of the Year. I'm not saying that makes it good, but it was unlike any movie I think I had ever really seen. Like, I don't know if that's true. And if you think about it, it did have a little bit of that 70s, a little bit, because it takes its time. It's a little bit like an X-Files episode, even, but a really good one, (laughs) kind of stretched out. Yeah. So far from a car chase movie, that is probably why I really 
wanted to recommend it. And my other one is Midnight Run because it is, in essence, a bit of a chase movie. Like a road movie. Yeah, it's, you know, fish out of water and it's a a couple of dudes. It's Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. It's very old, like 1980, 81, something like that. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time in the top five. So I had to go there with something. And you have recommended it before. I have. But I had to really give myself something. to. I had to fill my brain with a movie that I love so much that balanced out the other one today. (laughs) So um, games and Ace Gully stuff. This week, uh, last week, the PlayStation 4 was released. This week, on the other side of the fence, the Xbox One has been released. So now? Why do they have to be on different sides of the fence? Um, I'm just, I just mean the other camp, as they say. So, this week, um, well now, Saturday, next generation consoles are with us. They're all out. The games are out. Um, the next generation has started. I, As I said in this podcast before, I'm, I was going for the PS4 this time, not getting an Xbox One. So, I know little about the Xbox One, aside from I've watched people's... Uh, I watched Giant Bomb's six-hour extravaganza that they did yesterday where they set it up, they played with the games, they played with the Kinect. Um, it, all I can say, my opinion on these new consoles is it looks like we're going to have an awesome several years of gaming from this point because both consoles seem awesome. Like it seems they've got pros and cons on both sides but looking at what the games are makes me really excited that we've now got this new technology that we can have all these new experiences. So I'm glad for it all to be over. Everybody bitching about this, bitching about that, that'll go away. Now we can concentrate on the games, you know what I mean? Mm, it won't go away, but... It'll go away. It's been it's been like nightmarish this last month, the speculation, because nobody's got one. And this person, oh, this is wrong with it, that is wrong with it. No, wait till we get them. Oh, here's a solution. Don't read all of it. I'm just saying. I know, I'm just saying, though. If it bugs you, then why follow it? That doesn't make sense. But anyway, they're both out. They've both got pros and cons. Both um, had good launches. I think, um, you know, the the, the networks didn't really go down. You could play with them on day one. It was... It seems like they've learned some stuff. Like, they've got the shit together. Um, So, what have I been playing this week? I've mainly been playing uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, which I talked about on PlayStation 4. What I didn't say about Call of Duty Ghosts last week is do I think it's better on the new generation of consoles um, than last year's game, Black Ops 2? Um, I do. Graphically, it's better. But what I feel like this year, because it's like this um, like bridge year where people are still buying games for the original consoles, like the 360, and there's the new generation of consoles... What it feels like with the games is they're cross-generational. So they've made them for the old... They've made them so they work on both. So all the next-generation versions are is, like, slightly crisper visuals. And that's really it. So if you look at them side-by-side, it just looks a bit more crisp on the on the new consoles. Next year, next... There'll be next-generation-only version. Because they'll stop doing these old consoles. So... I think the actual differences and the changes will come next Christmas. Um, this Christmas, you're just really getting like an upscaled version of the uh, current generation game. And the other game I've been playing this week is Need for Speed Rivals on the PS4. And 
again, it's another launch title for the PS4, and it's a title that is existing on the 360 and the PS3 as well. For no, the PS3 and the 360. Oh, right. And it's on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Oh, yeah. And again, it feels like a visually upgraded version of that of the current generation. Is it the current generation now? Or is it the previous generation? It just feels like a visually upgraded version of the old one. So, it's not made for next generation. It doesn't feel like... It doesn't use any of the fancy tech in the controller or anything like that. It's just... We're in this period where they, the companies went, you know, EA probably looked at the figures like they do and said, well, there's 20 million Xboxes and there's a million PS4s. We need to make it so it works on both, you know, so it needs to primarily be working on the 360 and then we'll make a better version that just looks a little bit better. And it does look better. I've seen them side by side. It looks better. It's got a lot more... One thing I've noticed about next generation consoles is there's a lot more things flying around. You, I was playing Flower this morning, and I said to you, the PS4 version of Flower has a lot more flower petals because they can make more flower petals. In Need for Speed, it's something I've never seen in a racing game before, leaves kick up off the ground when you drive through them. I'm not talking like just a puff of dust. I'm talking individual leaves blowing up in the air. You can see them. It's That's a thing. It must be a thing that's... You, you know, and you've said to me, movies, if you go back and look at them, you can see the technology that was the thing then. Yeah. I think you'd be able to like say... Like a trend. Yeah, I think you'd be able to say, there oh, are these launch PS4, Xbox One games. Look for things that blow up in the air because there's a lot of those. They have nothing to do with the game. No, because it doesn't make the game better. It, it looks good because you're like, wow, look at all those look at all those leaves and look at the raindrops. There's a lot of cool weather effects where the rain hits you in the camera and stuff that's not been possible before. But it doesn't add to the game. It just makes it look a little bit better. So um, I've been playing those two games. And finally, I got a new game on the PlayStation Vita. And this one's like a surprise game out of nowhere. I knew this was coming. I just didn't know how cool this game is. And it's called Tearaway. And you're probably thinking, I've never heard of that. And I wouldn't blame you because Sony have done no advertising for this game. Like, it's... They might as well have just pushed it under a rock and it doesn't exist. But I'm telling you, if you've got a PlayStation Vita, and that's about three of you out there, apparently, get this game. Um, It's the cutest game I've ever seen. It's from the people who made Little Big Planet, and that was a cute game to start with. They're not cuter than Katamari Damacy. That's a cute game. And this is pretty cute, too. I mean, the whole world is made out of paper. That's why it's called Tearaway. So, and it's... If I had to tell you what kind of game it's like, it's like Super Mario 64. If you've ever played Super Mario 64, it's like a 3D Mario game. Well, this is a 3D platforming game, but it's set in this world made out of paper. And you, I was going to say you play this character, but you don't play this character. You play you. So as when the game starts and you hold the Vita, it says, Hey, and you can hear this noise going, Hey, hey. And you're like, huh? And it says, shake the Vita. You start shaking it. And you can hear these people going... I can't see him. I can't see him. And then it says, like, um, press the back touchpad. When you press the back touchpad, you see your fingers come up through the screen, which is a really awesome thing. Like, And you can see this paper world in this little hole. And then it switches the pers- to the perspective of the paper world, looking up. And it's the little paper people looking up, and they're going, there he is. And it's you the from camera's... the camera. Right. Lo- looking into this hole, and they're looking at you, and you're you can't help smile because it's... 
you instantly will have a smile on your face. And they're like, there he is. He can, he's going to help us. And you're like looking down and then they're looking up. And then all of a sudden you drop down into the world. And the character you play as is an envelope that comes to life. So his or her head is an envelope with a message inside it. And your thing is to get the message inside the envelope to you. As in, right. So at the end of the game, I assume I'm going to be able to open and read it as myself. So you're this ambivalent god in the sky. They want to get this message to you. And the whole game is you getting this message to yourself. So it's very breaking the fourth wall because you're in the game. And you're helping this little character. And the way they do that is it's just a standard platform game. You can run, you can jump. But occasionally you'll see a platform and it'll have the PlayStation logo stamped all over it. And what that means is you can push your finger through the wall from the back touchpad. And you'll see your finger appear and you'll do things like push blocks up into the sky to push them up into the air. Um, there's also like little boxes that you have to collect, like little presents. And when you go near them, you have to pull the bows with your fingers. So it uses... How do you know it's your finger? It takes a photo of your finger at the beginning and then you'll see your finger in the... It, it's quite clearly mapped on your finger. I mean, it's a model of a finger, but it's got your kind of flesh wrapped around it. So it's it's got that. It's got lots of opportunities where, like, you'll look up in the sky and there's the sun and your face is in the sun, which is just really bizarre to see. It's only the sun, though, right? It's a hole. It's a hole, but it's their sun. They've kind of decorated it around the edge so it I looks see. like the sun. Right, right. So, because they love you and they want to get to you and, and speak to you. They want to give this message. But then there's also lots of creation aspects in this game and that's that comes from Little Big Planet because they really want you to get like crafty. So in this game, at the beginning, like a little squirrel comes to you and he says, I've always wanted to be the king and it would make me really happy if I was the king. So it cuts to this like little workbench and it's one of those little mats that you have. What do you call that? Like a cutting, a cutting mat. A cutting mat for like paper craft. And it gives you this mat, and it gives you a bunch of paper that you can drag onto the mat, and you can draw a crown. Anything you want, actually. It doesn't have to be a crown. It could be something stupid, uh, which I assume a lot of people will probably do. So you make a crown, and you can spend hours, if you want, put a little little jewels on it, cut them all out of paper. And then when you give it him, all the way through the game, whenever you meet that squirrel, he's wearing your crown. And it's the same. I've also met a scarecrow. He wanted to look more scary, so I had to design some spooky eyes for him and stuff. So there's a lot of that. So I think kids would love it because it appeals to that. Like, I want to create stuff. And then the world... I want to be a god. <laughs> yeah, and then the world starts to... The more you start to create and the more pictures it takes of you, you'll be, wa- you'll be walking down a platform and you'll look and the side wall will be a photograph of you. And you'll be like, I don't even remember that photograph being taken, but it's taking them behind the scenes. You don't even realize. So there might be really funny pictures of you, like, pulling a face. Ooh, I'd hate that. And you're like, wow, look at that picture. That's weird. But it was just you playing. And because when you play in a game, you do pull a lot of different faces, I guess, because you're thinking and you're concentrating. It's snapping them behind the scenes and then kind of creating the world from your face. Um, I can't wait to see what's in the envelope, so I'm going to be pushing (laughs) through there because I feel like it might be kind of um emotional grandiose and emotional i think i think there might be something really awesome about it you know like when we've played um journey or flower you know you have some kind of epiphany at the end it's like a 
Oh. Some people, yes. Yeah, but it is. It feels more than some. It feels more than the sum of it thing. You you kind of go, Ugh. Shadow of the Colossus is another one where it kind of, the ending of it, like you're emotional for some reason, and you're like, why? Well, oh, it actually brought an emotion out of me. I feel that this might have that because there's something in that envelope that's special. I think you're an emotional guy. Yeah, and I th- I, <laughs> I want to see what's in the envelope because. You know, so tear away. It's a Vita exclusive. It couldn't be done on anything else because it needs all that stuff. In it. it needs the back touch. It needs the, um, and it's from Media Molecule. And I highly recommend it. I'll tell if in a couple of weeks when I've finished it, maybe I'll say a spoiler and tell you what was in that envelope. Or maybe it's maybe what's in the envelope is different for everybody. You never know. So, Sid talk. What's for dinner today? Will be. Amy's frozen pizza. Nice. Very basic and some vegetables. I was going to say, I'm very hungry because my stomach just rumbled when I said what's for dinner. Well, that's it. That's all. I don't have any dessert. I didn't make any or get any. So we're going to have half a pizza and some vegetables. (laughs) And maybe some fries. That's it. Oh, if I've got fries, sure. Sure. I can bake you some fries. And that's it for supper. And advice? From you? Don't have any today. Is your advice not to watch The Getaway? (laughs) No. It's not The Getaway, by the way. It's Getaway. No, I say watch every movie and then decide for yourself. I would never... I don't think of that. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. Because I don't want to do it for you. Because this this could be your favorite movie, literally. kind of a pain in my ass. And this could be your favorite movie. Listening. Listen. Fine, that would be a stretch. But (laughs) if you're eight... And you aspire to crash into lots of things, then maybe, maybe. Um, no, I don't. I couldn't think of anything today. I was kind of on a blah day. Like I got up, and my first thought was, "Hmm." Like I got no. Usually, I'll think of something I want to do, like uh, working on these pictures for this friend at work. You were playing Sim City today, then. Yeah, cool. but that was forced so that I would maybe have some fun. And then I watched a movie that was no fun, so that didn't help. <laughs> and. Um, and it was just one of those days where I have no... I thought, well, I'll draw something. And I have no thing, nothing. It's like I'm a blank piece of paper in my own brain. So the advice kind of falls in that category, too. Like, I just... I got nothing. All right. So let me remind you about our website. aschoolie.com, sitsa.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. You can catch this podcast on uh, Stitcher. That'd be stitcher.com. The iTunes Music Store. That'd be apple.com, itunes.com. Uh, the Zoom Marketplace which is Xbox something or other. I don't even know anymore. And finally, the RSS feed. Go to ascully.com. That's the easiest thing for you to do. Click on the word podcast. All those links will be there. But they're listening, so they've found it already. I don't understand. Maybe they randomly found this and just... Yeah, but I listen to other podcasts who always tell you where to go, and I'm like, but I'm already there. I already did it. I don't understand what you're talking about. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sidtalk. She doesn't want to know you or your life. She doesn't want to know anything about you. And finally, stay classy, Mr. Ethan Hawke. Please make some better movie decisions than the purge. Get classy. Than the purge and this. Because there is a good actor in you, but not in these movies, unfortunately. I'm going to say think for yourselves because if you're not doing it then somebody's going to do it for you and they probably already are.